Today the Lord wants to give us a beautiful exchange, and I feel a very prophetic word for your family and for the house. So this is not just for Fire Life as a church. This is a word for your family and for you personally. But I feel a very heavy, not a negative heavy, but I feel a very heavy responsibility for what God has promised to do in our lives and in the church. I feel a very heavy, solemn responsibility to make sure that Fire Life runs its race and that your family runs your race and that you run your personal race. I feel a very strong duty to make sure that we stay on track. <clears throat> and uh, all through worship, great, great atmosphere, great. Some, there was something on it that took me into a, a uh, intercessor place, intercessory place. And I, I begin to just think about fire life and family worship center and tabernacle. And, and I begin to think of families and I thought, what is the ceiling that we keep hitting and, and <clears throat> the Lord wants to destroy that ceiling over your family, over your personal life, and over the church. And the question that he asked me to ask is, what are we engaged with? And he showed me a constrictor. And if we're engaged with a constrictor, the more we fight the constrictor, the more it tightens its hold. The word engage, it means to be occupied by, to be distracted by, to be attracted to, to be involved, to have attention, to give attention to something means to be engaged with it, to cause someone to be brought into a marital relationship, into a covenant. To arrange when I'm engaged with something, it arranges my life because my life begins to revolve around what I'm engaged in. And I saw, and, and you may have heard this, this term before, and you've probably heard a lot of prophetic sermons about this in the past, but there is a spirit that is called the Leviathan spirit. There are spirits that have been sown into the world. There are many different ones. We've faced many different ones over in my life that I've experienced, and we've had crazy opposition on some of these spirits. And the one that I sense the strongest is the Leviathan spirit because it constricts the life and it restricts the progress and it chokes out the growth and what God wants to grow. And the way that we, ha the way that we break the Leviathan spirit is we disengage with it. Come on. We stop being distracted by fighting with this thing. The struggle we think it's spiritual sometimes to struggle against things, but it's only spiritual to struggle when God told us to struggle. It's only spiritual to make war with something when God points his attention at something and says, go make war with that thing. But when I look for and when I begin to fight against something that he hasn't pointed me toward, I become engaged with it and it's a constricting spirit. And it's like I tell my kids when I'm wrestling with them, if I get them in a hold and they begin to wiggle, their wiggling helps me sink the hold in deeper. And I'm not a good fighter. You can watch some UFC. They'll do it. You get it they get you in a hold. Your wiggling actually enables them to get a deeper stranglehold on you. So I have to even tell Levi, I get him in a hold. I'm like, 
I like Levi, if you ever get in a hold like this, what do you do? You got you can't fight against it. You gotta basically just relax because the more you fight, the deeper I get the hold. And it's just a just a thing you learn. And that's what's happening and has been happening for years. Are you with me? And God wants us to disengage with this constricting spirit. Because when I'm engaged with something, it actually has my heart. It has my attention. It has, it has the way I arrange my life. And we are either inviting heaven or we're inviting something else. In a minute, I'm going to get into the word in 2 Timothy chapter 2, but also in Proverbs 3. So you can go there, 2 Timothy 2 and Proverbs 3. We've got a lot more scripture we're going to read today if I have time to do it. But I wanted to set a foundation because I'm, I am tired of fighting against the constrictor. Many times, people brought Jesus into a situation that they were entangled in and tried to get him entangled into it. How many, how many have read the Bible and you've seen those times where they would come to Jesus with a, a loaded question? They came with an agenda that had their heart. And they wanted Jesus to become entangled or constricted by the agenda that they had. So they would bring him these questions and try to prove that he wasn't who he said he was, or at least get him to get off of his assignment and become entangled with what they were entangled with. One of the greatest stories of this, you'll remember this, was the woman who was caught in the act of adultery and brought before Jesus and thrown at his feet. What did they say to Jesus? The law of Moses says that she has to be stoned. Y'all hear? They were entangled with a religious spirit. They were entangled with a judgment spirit. They were entangled with a a, uh, self-righteous spirit. And so they bring this woman who was clearly caught in sin. She broke the law of Moses. And they bring her to Jesus and throw her down and say, hey, Jesus. And they're probably thinking, we've got him now because we know the law and he knows the law. And the law says that you were to stone those that have been caught in adultery. And they throw her down and they tell Jesus, this is what your law says, the law that you says come, came from your God, your father. This is what it says. What do you say? And they stood back. But Jesus did not let himself become entangled with the constrictor that had its its arms and legs around them. He stopped and he broke the spirit of the constrictor. He broke it. Would you say with me what he said? He who is without sin cast the first stone. He came in the complete opposite spirit that they were engaged in because he was engaged with a different spirit. He had a completely different agenda than they did. Were they right by the law? Maybe. But Jesus said there's a new law, the law of grace, the law of the spirit. And he says, if you don't have any sin, if you're sinless, then you can throw stones right now. And I love this. It's been pointed out often when you hear the story. There was still someone there who had a right to stone her. There was still someone there, righteous, without sin, who had every right under the law of God to 
punished this woman for what she had done. And he even said, woman, where are your accusers? Because he had a different agenda. His agenda was this. If you see me, you've seen the Father. In other words, whatever you see me engaged in, whatever you see me apprehended by or captured by, you need to be captured by the same thing. And every time, there are so many of these examples in the word, they would bring something to Jesus and try to trap him and catch him. I was even reading one where it says that they gathered and they had a meeting and they figured out, we finally got him this time. He's going he's gonna to trip up publicly. We've got the perfect question for him. And every time, he would not come under and wrestle the agenda they came with. He wouldn't even engage with it. It was almost like he didn't even answer their question. Like he didn't even hear what they had to say. He just was completely somewhere else. It's because he was. Ever since he was a little boy, he even told his parents, I had to be about my father's business. I have a different agenda. Even at 12 years old, when he disappeared from his family, and he was found in the temple teaching the scholars and astounding the wise men of the day. And his parents came and found him and said, you scared me to death. You were lost. Where were you? And he says, I have to be about my father's business. He had a different agenda. He did not allow himself to become entangled or ensnared or uh, constricted by the uh, agenda of the day or by anyone who came in front of him. He had a different agenda on his life. And it's time for us to break agreement with the constrictor's agenda. If you, have a, if you have struggled with something in your family for generations, stop struggling with it. Stop wrestling with it. Become captured by a different agenda. Man. The way to peace and the way to freedom is not to make war with that thing that's constricting us. It's to become enamored, to become captured by something superior. And when my heart's affection and my heart's attention becomes turned toward the better thing, the righteous thing, the constrictor completely loses its hold. And I don't have to fight him because Jesus already did it. If you have been struggling with any sin, stop struggling with the sin. If you're like, man, I'm just trying to overcome this thing in my life. You have become ensnared by that thing. And it has, it has literally arranged our life because it's all I can think about I gotta be free I gotta I gotta be I gotta be better I gotta I gotta move past this moment I gotta get past this depression I gotta get past this thing and all it does is it takes all of my focus and all of my attention away from the better thing and if I would just stop and be a little kid and become captured by the father all the constricting things that are in my life, all the things that I've been engaged with that I can't defeat will fall off one by one by one by one. And God's calling us to this. You, your generational struggles are over in your family. There's a Jesus a perfect savior, the lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, who overcame everything at the cross. He overcame everything, every struggle, every weakness, every insecurity, every place that we compare ourselves to other people and find ourselves inferior, he overcame. 
It's time to disengage with those things that are inferior. And I just say today that we're not going to be entangled any longer. And I love that Mandy just read this. She didn't know what I was talking about today. And she just read from Hebrews, do not be entangled. The sin that so easily entangles us. But let us fix our eyes. Come on. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author. This is Hebrews 12. The author and finisher of our faith. In other words, he has everything we need over here so that we're not distracted and entangled over there. How many of you have ever felt that moment where you felt like you just couldn't breathe? Felt like the life. I watched my wife have that encounter this week. Like she could not catch her breath. It f- Come on. And I'm done. I'm done with it in my family. I'm done with it at Firelife Church. I'm done with the questions of why this and why that and when will and when not. I'm done with all of that. All that matters is that our heart gets captured by Jesus. And if we can do that well, if we can be captured by him, we'll look back and be like, man, where where'd all the constrictors go? Where'd they go? Where'd all the python, the leviathan, whatever you want to name them, where did they go? They fall away because Jesus becomes the center Jesus at the center of it all. And when he becomes the center, then everything that's on his agenda becomes my agenda. And I do not, I do not have to get down and fight and struggle. So I speak right now, I break the spirit of Leviathan. I break the spirit of the constrictor. I break off the spirit of suffocation. I break off the spirit of barrenness. I break off the spirit of fruitlessness. I break off the spirit of struggle and struggle and struggle and scrape by. I break off the spirit of inferiority that engulfs our whole life when we think that way. We break that spirit of insecurity. The way to peace is to disengage with the constrictor and to become captured by the Father. 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. And I'm reading the Amplified, but it's very similar to the New King James or the other versions. No soldier. How many of you know we're soldiers? We are all soldiers of the cross, right? No soldier in active service gets entangled in the ordinary business affairs of civilian life. Woo! No soldier in active service gets entangled in the ordinary business affairs of civilian life. He avoids them so that he may please the one who called him and enlisted him to serve. Hmm.
Let's pause for a moment. Because we can make declarations and we can speak the truth, but if we don't really know how to apply it, then, then sometimes we just miss the, the fullness of what God could do in the moment. So when I say when we get entangled with or engage with, this is what I mean. If I'm in the car and three of my sons are arguing or fighting or whatever, I'm just using this as an example, it never happens, but let's just say that we're in the car <laughs> and they want to pull me into their discussion to play referee, I don't have to be engaged in that discussion. I don't have to play referee. If one of my sons wants to tell on another son and be like, hey, he just hit me in the face with this gun. It never happens, but just say it does. And they come to me and say, he just hit me in the face with this gun. What are you going to do to him? Sounds familiar, doesn't it? He just hit me in the face with this gun. What punishment? Your, you, your word says, Dad, that if you do this, then you get this punishment. I don't have to engage in their story or in their fight or their argument. Someone at work comes up and says, hey, did you hear the gossip? I do not have to engage with the conversation. Well, I, I don't want to be rude. It's actually rude for them to come to you and gossip. That's actually what rude is. Yeah. It's not rude to say, I don't want to hear it. No, but we have been flipped upside down and it feels almost rude. Well, I want to be sympathetic and I want to just want to, I want to be a good listener. No. <laughs> because what happens is I'm getting entangled in their problem and it's not even mine. And so now what, what do we do? We start trying to figure out solutions to a problem that we have zero ownership in. What does that mean? We are entangled with something that isn't even ours. And we do this all the time, every day. This happens to us every single day. Something flashes up on social media. It wants us to engage. It wants us to pick up the offense that they brought. Well, I can't believe they're letting this happen in the government, blah, blah, blah. All it is wanting us to do is to become engaged and entangled with their offense. And we don't have to do that. Well, can you believe this? Can you believe that? It's constant. And we don't have to be engaged. I mean, you know, it happens all the time. The opportunity to be entangled happens all the time, every day. All the time. And we have to become very good, like Jesus was, of recognizing when things are his dad's agenda, when things weren't. He was so good at it. He never missed it once. Not one time did he miss it. His, his disciples would miss it, like, hey, Guys, go get swords. All of you, you need a sword. Every one of you get a sword. They all get swords. Jesus said to get swords, right? They come to arrest Jesus. What does Peter do? He takes out the sword and he cuts off Malchus's ear. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you said get swords. Yeah, I said get swords. I didn't say use the swords. 
We have opportunities all the time to just miss it. To just, oh, I need to get involved. I need to make this my war. I need to make this my battle. Stop it. There's a whole psychological thing that people smarter than me that can get into this. But when we live like that, we are taxing our system. Our, our lizard brain is going crazy. Because it's engaged, fight, war, always revved up, stress. All of this stuff happens, and and we wonder why we feel the way we feel. It's because we're becoming entangled and engaged everywhere. And our body isn't allowing, because we're supposed to feel those things in a, in a regular rhythm, right? Something dangerous happens, there's, it's a good fear, it's a good reaction, a stress that hits us. It peaks, and then it's supposed to dissipate and go away. But some of us, we stay so in the drama. Yeah. Or entangled. God. And we wonder why we're unfulfilled because we're not running our race. Just run your race. Stay in your lane. If Jesus points you at a, at, at a, at a thing to make war with, make war with him because he already gave you the victory. But if Jesus doesn't say go to war, don't go to war. Well, I want to pull down the strongholds over my city. Be careful. Did Jesus tell you to go and fight that thing? Yeah. You're like, well, we're supposed to pull down strongholds. Absolutely. In here and in here. And when he tells us to make war, we make war. But other than that, it's for our benefit. It's for us. Are you okay? Man. So this is for us personally. This is for our family. If we can teach our kids to do this. If we can do this and demonstrate it and then teach our kids to live this way, our homes will be filled with peace. Because then when that one kid hits the other kid in the face with the gun, the other kid doesn't take a gun and hit the other kid back in the face and become entangled in whatever the first one's problem was. We all learn to be in control of ourselves and it brings peace. And Jesus is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. How many want more peace in your life? I think we could all use more peace. And I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to even measure it. I want all of Jesus and all the peace that he will give me. I don't want to live in stress. I don't want my brain to be fighting wars in the middle of the night that aren't even my wars. I don't want to be driving down the road fighting battles that don't belong to me, that weren't my race, that I'm just entangled in. I'm tired of it. I just want to do what he told me to do. I want to be a faithful soldier. He tell me to march, I'm going to march. He tell me to kneel, I'm going to kneel. If he tell me to drink some water, I'm going to drink some water. I'm not going to be entangled. It's too important. What he's called you to is more important than all the other things out there. The thing he called you to is more important than anything that we can elevate in our own mind that we think is important. And we pick these things up. No, the way to peace and the way to fulfillment in life is to run our own race and to not become entangled. So I break off the constrictor spirit off of your sleep right now. Some of you are having a hard time sleeping. Someone on, on Facebook, you're having a real hard time sleeping and I release you from the constrictor that steals your sleep from you. Your mind is, is now at peace from now on. You're not having to settle someone else's issues. It's not your job. All the, all the ladies, 
You have a lot of windows open. I know. I understand. Not me. Mandy's like, what are you thinking about? Nothing. <laughs> like, how do you do that? I don't know. I've been doing it my whole life. <laughs> hey, everything's going on. What do you, what do you, what do you, how's your day? It was okay. What happened today? I don't even know. I just did my day and I'm done. <laughs> it's kind of more simple. We're barbarians, us guys, right? We're not as, in, as intelligent and emotionally stable as you ladies. And like, we don't have all that stuff because we're, we're boring. We're simple. Ladies, all the ladies with all the windows open. Some of those windows aren't your windows. So just X, 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 X. Men. The thing that constricts, I think, men the most is wanting to be respected and to be successful. I really do. I think that it drives men to do stupid things. They want power. They want to be respected. They want to be successful. They want to be seen as authoritative. And so it tends to move men into stupid decisions sometimes. Men, just do what God called you to do. Just be, be the man that stands where God tells you to stand. Don't compare yourself. I'm talking to me too. Don't compare the church to another church, a pastor to another pastor. Don't compare your business to someone else's business, your job to someone else's job, your house to someone else's house. The way you provide for your family to way guy across the street who has three boats, jet skis, and all this stuff provides for his family. Who cares? Good for him. Go have fun with your boats. Just do what God called you to do. That's success. So I release you men from the constrictor spirit that comes to tell you you're not enough or that you need to do more to prove your worth. Amen. You are not under that influence anymore. Amen. Jesus says you're enough. <laughs> and he's proud. Yes. Amen. Yes. Ladies, you're enough. Yeah. Don't compare. Amen. Amen. I'm going to finish some more of this next week and talk about fear and worry and anxiety next week. So Lord willing, I'm going to do part two. Would you stand with me? I want to close this out. I've, again, I don't, this isn't a sermon or a teaching. I feel like this is a prophetic declaration to bring freedom over our lives, over this house. I feel like the Lord's pointed us in a clear direction and he wants us to be captured by him. Father, I ask right now hmm, that you would stir up and equip us with the ability to discern agendas, to discern what we're supposed to be engaged with. I ask that your Holy Spirit would rise up inside of us and alert us to what we should be doing and where we should be pointing our attention and arranging our life. And alert us when we are off the mark and we're on someone else's agenda. Stir that receptor, whatever it is, that ability to discern, stir that up inside of us now.
I speak to our nervous systems and our, our lizard reptilian brains, our fight or flight mechanism. I speak to all of that right now and I say peace. Yes. Yes, Lord. Reset. Come on. I speak a reset over your system. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I, I thank you, Jesus, for the joy and the freedom that's going to be manifested in our lives as we simplify. <laughs> the freedom that's going to come the effectiveness that comes from the freedom and the space that will be created when we're only doing our job. <laughs> hmm. They open the service with it, asking the Holy Spirit to come. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. So right now, if you want liberty and freedom and space in your life, just lift your hands and ask Him for it. Father, we ask you to come. Come in freedom. Come in liberty. <laughs> May it manifest in our hearts, in our families, in our businesses, in our church, in our community. May we be carriers of freedom, God, because your spirit is in us. Woo. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. We declare this over our lives as a banner. May we walk in liberty. <laughs> Every chain is broken in Jesus' name. Every constricting spirit is broken in Jesus' name. <sighs> and this is a picture I see. I'm becoming infatuated with plants. <laughs> like... I want more plants. We need more plants. <laughs> There's something about it, just watching them grow and the life they give. But when you buy a plant and you leave it in its original container, it can only grow to a certain point. It, it, it's, its life, its ability to, to flourish is limited by the container it's in. But the moment you move it to a larger container, its capacity increases just by putting it in more space. It didn't change anything. It's the same plant. You just gave it more room. And that was the picture the Lord showed me. Right now, many of you are going to be planted into a larger space. He's just going to put you in more room. You're, you're clearing out the clutter. And, and, and because of that, naturally, you're going to grow. 
naturally there's going to be fruit break out on the right and left. And you're not going to try harder. You're not going to work harder. You're not going to really do a whole lot different other than you've removed the stuff that suffocated your growth. And I declare that over you right now. The space to grow, the room to breathe and expand. I declare that over you. I declare it over your families. I declare it over your businesses. I declare it over this church in Jesus' name. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> if you want prayer for anything, we want to pray over you. You want to be prophesied over, we want to prophesy over you. If you need the gift of the Holy Spirit, ask for it. It's a gift. It's free. It's free. So we want to pray for you here at the front. We'll have someone meet you here. Thank you so much for being here. You guys are amazing. I love you. I bless you and your families. May you have peace this week. May you breathe again. May you sleep so well. You might need to go home and take a nap and just practice. <laughs> and just release peace and rest over you in Jesus' name. We love you. Be blessed. Be blessed.